Well, if you have your Bibles here today, I want you to turn to two passages, uh, Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, and 2 Kings chapter 5. Matthew chapter 8 is going to be our main text, and we're going to start a brand new series uh, called Clean, Clean. Uh, anybody, uh, I, I know that maybe some of, uh, some of the, uh, the, the men in here, you've, you've heard that statement before, but... Uh, in more of a command form. Clean, okay, clean. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually describing a condition, uh, and uh, we're gonna look at an amazing chapter, Matthew chapter eight, and we're gonna walk through it over the next three weeks, and I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna give us uh, some fresh revelation uh, about what it really means to be clean. You know, in my uh, research for this uh, uh, for, for today's message, I found out that there is a lot of soap out there. There's a lot of soap. There is kitchen soap. There's laundry soap. There's bathroom soap. There's novelty soap. There's guest soap. Ooh, don't, do not use the guest soap. There's medicated soap. There's bar soap, there's liquid soap, there's face soap, there's body soap. There's hair soap, which will make you need hair repair called conditioner. And then my favorite is three in one. I don't know what's going on in that bottle, but evidently, while in the bottle, it fights itself and then tries to undo what the other two are doing. Okay, so that's what three-in-one does. Uh, I, I don't understand it, but I do love the convenience. Uh, and so there's, there's a lot of things in our culture, and we certainly celebrate, uh, uh, celebrate this idea of clean. But this, this is a, a powerful, powerful used uh, a word that was used by a man that we don't even get his name. And there is a powerful statement that I want us to look at together as I share this message today called The Leper's Faith. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 1, we'll read through verse 4, says this. When he, speaking of Jesus, this is right after the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Sermon on the Mount, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. I want you today to focus in on this statement that, that the leper makes. Uh, you can make me clean. Now, I, I have to confess, I, I, I have to confess something to you, that upon my first, as I was going back to the scriptures, and I was just, just saying, Lord, what do you want to say? And I came across this passage, and I was, I was reading it, 
uh, just with fresh eyes, I, 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 I constantly go back to the statement in the verse that says, if you are willing. Uh, and I've heard uh, probably a hundred sermons just on that statement, if you are willing. Why? Because the church uh, was recovering the truth that the cross paid for our healing. And that Jesus is willing to heal. But all of a sudden, it came like a flood as I was reading Matthew chapter 8. That this leper, in the midst of a multitude, makes one of the greatest faith statements that follows. You can make me clean. That's the faith statement. And I I begin to really understand some things in terms of what he was saying about if you are willing. Let me give this to you, uh, and maybe it will help some of you as you're pursuing God, maybe for a healing touch in your life. When he said, if you are willing, this is actually what he's saying. Let 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 me phrase it in a way that will help you understand the perspective. He was saying this, if I have found favor with you. You can make me clean. It's not just, okay, will you or won't you? It is, if I have found favor with you. How many of you understand that when you hear the word favor, you ought to think the word grace? If I have found grace with you, undeserved favor, if I have found a a, a, a place before you that I do not deserve, you can make me clean. This isn't about uh, Jesus' mood that day. And many, many, uh, you know, kind of think, you know, that when it comes to God, he's a little bit of a gamble. Maybe sometimes he will and sometimes he won't. But that's, that's not the question here. It's not the question. He's saying, if I have found favor, if I've, if I've found a place of grace before you, you can make me clean. And I, I want to say this from the very beginning. If you remember nothing else from the rest of this message, remember this. We live in an age of grace where an undeserving world has found favor before God because of what Jesus Christ has done. And only Jesus can make you clean. I don't know what you're suffering with today. I don't know what you're dealing with today. But we need to get the leper's faith from the very beginning of this message. And we need to get it in our our hearts. You can make me clean. I'm coming to you. I'm here before you. You can make me clean. And because of the grace of God, we can enter into what he's offering. I want you to see some things about this leper's faith and and follow these steps. Because I believe that God is actually calling us to live clean. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. First thing about the leper's faith I want you to see is that the leper came. It says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came. Most of the week last week, I spent time talking about what it means to be unclean as it pertained to the woman with the issue of blood. And and, and just just quickly, I I just want to say, because he was unclean, 
because he is, he's carrying something contagious, uh, uh, something a little different about the leper. The leper would actually have to cover his face and cover his mouth. And he would have to speak through a veil saying, I am unclean. I am unclean. And yet, in this moment, when when Sermon on the Mount was going on and thousands of people were gathered, we have no record of, of him shouting those things out. He simply came. He simply made a move toward Christ. And I want you to understand something about leprosy, and and and, and we're gonna take a little bit closer look at it. Leprosy is one of the greatest biblical types of sin and its effect. It means that there are are things in the natural that are very much like a spiritual truth. That's what a type is, a shadow. It gives us insight into what we're dealing with. And leprosy, especially in biblical times, if someone had leprosy, many times those people were shunned and they were thought to have been judged by God. And so here, here this man finds himself in that condition and, and he is under this leprosy. Now, leprosy is a disease of the flesh, which is very important to know. But it not only affects the flesh, it affects the nervous system. It affects the nervous system. And what it does is leprosy destroys nerve endings that carry pain signals. So people who, who have leprosy and, and, that it, that's advanced, listen, they experience a total loss of pain. Total loss of pain. Some of you are like, well, I, I think I would like it if I didn't have pain. No, 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 no. It's terrible if you don't have pain. It's terrible. You see, when these people cannot sense or touch pain, they tend to injure themselves or be unaware of uh, injury caused by an outside agent. So leprosy attacks the nervous system so you lose feeling. I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a moment. Biblical leprosy is a powerful symbol reminding us of sin spread and its horrible consequences. Like leprosy, sin starts out small but then can spread leading to other sins and causing great damage to our relationship with God and our relationship with others. See, when you study leprosy, it helps us see why pain and conviction is a valuable gift. Why conviction from the Lord when you mess up is a good thing. It's a good thing when conviction comes. Come on, there should be more shouts there. 
When we're doing something that is outside of what God calls us to do, that's bringing us harm, and it's going to harm our relationships, it's going to harm our marriage, it's going to harm the people around us, here's what we need to say. Man, I welcome the conviction of God that my heart would be pained in doing something that doesn't honor him and that won't bring life to the people around me. But what does sin do? Sin attacks us spiritually so we stop feeling. We stop feeling. We don't have the conviction anymore. We become numb to the call of God. We become numb to the injury that sometimes we're bringing into other people's lives. When you study leprosy, you understand that this conviction and this pain that we sometimes feel is a valuable gift. It's a survival mechanism used to warn us of danger in this cursed world. And without, without a convicted conscience, we might be like lepers, unable to recognize that something is terribly wrong and that we need the healing touch of God. Listen to what 1 Timothy 4.1 says. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will de depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. What is that? What is that? The conscience is a seat of conviction. Conviction comes into your heart, your spirit, and your mind. But these people in the last days, their conscience is seared with the hot iron. What's the hot iron? Sin. Continual, habitual sin. And I want to say to you today, if you are in this room and you have come in bearing the weight of your own sin, respond to the conviction it is not God condemning you. He's saying, come out from that thing which is actually harming you. It's harming your relationship with God. It will harm your relationship with others. If you found yourself bound in some secret sin, God's saying, come out from that. That conviction is good. That pain is good. Noted doctor, Dr. Paul Brown, he's a brand. He was the, he's a world-renowned orthopedic surgeon and leprosy physician. He says, I cannot think of a greater gift I could give my leprosy patients than pain. And can I say this to you today? Church, the great gift of the presence of God in our life is conviction. It's conviction. It's like all of a sudden you do something and then you get that knot in your stomach. You're like, oh. Oh, I need to apologize for that. I need to humble myself. I, but it, here's what the leper did. What did the leper do? Leper, the leper came. The leper came. And if you want to experience the cleansing power of Christ, you need to come. And whatever you do, don't stay in the state you're in. 
That's why lepers lose fingers. They lose toes. They go blind. Why? Because they never address the issue. And if you come here today and maybe you gave your heart and life to Christ, but you have those areas which you just said, this is never going to change. You are becoming hardened. You're becoming, you're, you're, you're becoming insensitive. You're becoming desensitized in that area. And I just want to tell you today, the Holy Spirit wants to bring you out of that. Allow him to convict you again. Allow him to deal with the way that you talk. Allow him to deal with the way that you walk. Allow him to speak to you about what walking in this life like Christ, make, just say, God, I'm coming to you. This thing in my life, it is leprous and it's hurting me. And the, the greatest gift in this life is actually being able to feel God's presence. And sin attacks your sensitivity to God. That's why many times when we fall and we're unrepentant, we find ourselves like, God, where are you? God didn't go anywhere. It's our sensitivity to him. God is here. It's our sensitivity. It's our awareness. And so I, I want to say this to you. Listen, in this church, I can't speak for other churches. If you ever fall into something, if you find yourself in the middle of something that doesn't honor God, whatever you do, do not run away from the church. Run to Jesus. You've got to run to Jesus. Don't find yourself isolated because that's exactly what the devil wants. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who is he devouring? The one he isolated. Why? Because sin came in and then they became a little numb to the conviction. Then I'm just going to stay home from church. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going back to the bottle. I'm going back to the, the, the pills. I'm going back to the sin that I was in before I was in the body of Christ. And I want to tell you, don't run back. Run forward to a savior who can make you clean he can make you clean so the leper came never let sin keep you at a distance from the only one anointed to set you free Jesus didn't come to judge the world he came to the world to save it. And he didn't come here to judge you. He came here to rescue you. And when we're dealing with things that don't look like God, don't honor God, instead of running away, we need to run to him. Let's do what the leper did. The leper came. Next, it says the leper worshiped. It says, and behold, the leper came and worshiped. Uh, I, I, I've spoken a lot about this word worship uh, it, here. Uh, it, it's, it's used very, many times uh, in, in the New Testament. Uh, it's the word proscunio. Uh, here, it's not talking necessarily about uh, the act of, of singing or the act of clapping. That, that's not what this is talking about. The idea of proscunio, it, it literally means this. It means to kneel and to get low, even to the point where you kiss the ground, like you so value the space between you and the Lord. That's what this means. It means he got low 
And he was like, I'm having an encounter with the one who can make me clean, who can deal with my issue. And this is what he did. He worshiped. He knelt. The leper took every necessary position to show his reverence and humility. If we truly want God to deal with those areas in our life, maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, follow the leper's footsteps and humble yourself before the Lord. If you're here today and you're a son or daughter and you, you find yourself in trapped in some kind of bondage, follow the leper's footsteps and kneel. Take the posture of humility. And when you've reached the end of your personal resources and strategies for dealing with your brokenness, it is time to get low and look up. We get low. Listen, I'm, I'm not against you trying everything that is within you to deal with any of the things that don't honor God. Try whatever you need to try. But when all of that runs out and you cannot help yourself, and most of the time we cannot, it's time to get low, stay low, and look up and say, God, I can't help myself, but I believe that you're the one who can. There's another famous story of a man dealing with leprosy in 2 Kings chapter 5. His name was Naaman. He was a famous man. And we could see that, that, that taking this posture in his life was a struggle. And it's actually written on the page. So we'll begin in verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 5, it says, Now Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master, highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. She served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. I love this. By the way, this isn't this message, but this must be a word for somebody in here today. If you find yourself in less than advantageous circumstances, you can still be used by God. This girl has been stolen from her home, ripped away from her family, has every reason to hate her master and to wish him dead, thinking, that leprosy, you deserve it for what you did to me. I'm one of God's daughters. Oh, don't think that that, that, that attitude would be uncommon in today's church. Oh, and we'd use verses like, ooh, you should touch not God's anointed. That's what you get. Come on, that's the truth. But here she is, less than advantageous circumstances, what she do? She says, there's a prophet and there's a God who will heal you. Now look at, look at his response. 
He then gets permission to go. We're going to skip down to verse 9. I won't read the whole story. You should go back and read that yourself. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots, stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry. I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and call TBN and make a big show. I thought he would see that I am, I am highly regarded. But he sent a servant out to talk to me. He said that he would stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? And my thought was, didn't you try everything? So, listen, he turned and went off in a rage. He turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became, you need to hear these words, and became clean like that of a young boy. What was the obstacle that Naaman had to overcome in order to be restored like a new creation. Pride. Pride. He had to overcome pride. He said, I just knew how this was going to go. I'm used to the pomp and the circumstance. I, I am in front of kings. I carry myself well. It doesn't matter. See, he was really into the opinions of man. But all along, underneath all of the pomp and circumstance and the clothing of a mighty warrior is something leprous that's killing him. And today, I'm looking out. All of you look great. Most of you used some of that soap I described earlier <laughs> in the message. We're happy about that. You look great on the outside, but some of you are dying on the inside. And you could have been here week after week after week. I say, thinking, well, when is he going to prophesy to me by name my very condition? When is he going to call me from the very back of the church? When is he going to do some, some weird, bizarre, uh, out there thing? Could it be that the Lord just says, humble yourself and you'll be made clean? I don't know what we're waiting on. I don't know what we're waiting on. 
I don't know why we're waiting on, on some, some big supernatural moment when all, always before us is the God of grace and mercy who is calling us. He says, listen, you can't make yourself clean. I paid a price to make you clean. All you have to do is humble yourself and get down in the muddy waters of repentance. And say, God, I'm turning to you. People say, does that Jesus stuff really work? Oh, it works. You've tried all your clean rivers in Damascus. How's that working out? Not very good. But when you just walk in obedience to him, Acts says, God now commands everyone, all men everywhere, to repent. Why? Why would God command that? Because his arms are open wide. And he's waiting to receive so that we can become clean like a young boy. Do you remember the freedom of youth? Some of you, it's a little easier to remember than others. Do you remember that? The liberty? That's what happened to Naaman. Naaman experienced an Old Testament type of new birth. He went down baptized in a river seven times. Some of you are saying, do I need to be baptized seven times? I don't care how many times it takes you. If it works, I don't care what number it is. Just so that you come up clean, a new creation in Christ Jesus. So the leper came. The leper worshipped. Took the low place and looked up. And then lastly, the leper said. I love this. It says, he came, he worshipped, and then he spoke, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Notice, he said. Church, there is power in confession. We need to open our mouths and actually say what the truth is. We don't th just think it. We don't just amen it when we hear it on Sundays or, or Wednesdays or when you're listening to the podcast in the car. We don't just say the amen. Here's what we say. We say the truth. You can make me clean. Some of us need to say that over our addictions. We need to say that over our anger, over the things that have been binding us and that have been keeping us. You can make me clean. Not in silence. Not just in thought. With our mouth. With our mouth. We spent weeks on this. Words matter. They matter and they're powerful. Remember Proverbs 18. Power of life and death are in the tongue. Those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Luke 6.45 says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, he brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. 
Listen, there ought to be an overflow coming out of us when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with something as, as, as leprous as sin, as contaminating as sin, as the brokenness that sometimes we welcome and we negotiate with God. When we, we need to come to God and say week after week, you can make me clean. Jesus, you can make me clean. And I would say it this way, since I have found favor in your sight. We live in the age of grace now. This leper wasn't quite in it yet. Jesus had not gone to the cross, be buried and raised from the dead. But we in this new covenant can experience the power of confession. That's why Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, do you hear that? He is the Lord Jesus. He said if you say it you have to confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to speak up. We need to say, God, you can make me clean. The leper's confession revealed what was present all along. A powerful, willing, cleansing Savior. It revealed it. Remember what he said? He said, I'm willing. I'm willing. Listen, listen church. His answer hasn't changed. His answer hasn't changed. I don't know whether you're dealing with just a sin issue today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. You say, maybe I've gone too far. Listen, he, you haven't gone too far. God's answer to you today is the same. I'm willing. You can make me clean. Here's the answer of heaven. I'm willing. If you're here today and you're dealing with sickness in your body, you need to hear the voice of the Lord saying it. I am willing. When you come to the Lord, when you humble yourself before the Lord, when you find grace in your, his sight, you will always find the same thing, a willing, powerful, risen Savior. Isaiah 1 says it this way, come now. I know that's not the way you read it. You read it this way, come now. Let us reason together. Come now. You get, you get very British when you read that. Here's what God says. Come now. Come now. Let us reason together. Says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This is powerful. He says, come now. Come now. Be like the leper. Come now. Be like the leper. Take the place of humility. And dare to come and say, Jesus, your Lord. I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 1 because it's actually referring 
to something supernatural that would happen once a year on the Day of Atonement. So the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. He then would offer a blood sacrifice. He would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat for the nation. He would be wearing a bell, bells on the fringe of his garments. They would ring as long as he was moving. If he was in sin, the bells stopped ringing. Fall over dead. He'd have a rope attached to his leg. No joke. That's, that's, that's for real. But here's what they would do. Here's what would happen. They would stretch a crimson thread from the Holy of Holies out into the holy place where the priests could be. When the sacrifice was offered and the blood applied to the mercy seat, supernaturally, the crimson thread would turn white. Anyone, anyone want to guess when it stopped changing colors? When Jesus died on the cross and the veil was rent from top to bottom and they sewed it back up, by the way. Next year when they went with the thread, Jewish historians noticed it stopped changing colors. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that can make us clean. Jesus touched this leper in the worst of conditions. Jesus touched him. And he'll do the same for you.